Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. I'm going to do this part two from last week, which was pigs and pearls. Today it's sheepification. Sheepification. Now, if you heard last week, you know that's Greek. In the Greek, no, I'm kidding. I made up the word. But uh, you'll see why I made up in a few minutes. How when God takes us from that being a dog, being a spiritual you know, pig, is what Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, how he turns us into a sheep. Someone who will, instead of rebelling against him, someone who follows him. And that's what Jesus talked about. And it's from Matthew chapter 7. But first, I have a very important theological question to finally answer. Last week, we asked a tough question. Uh, We had some very deep theological questions. I said, do dogs go to heaven? Remember? And and a lot of people were upset. (laughs) No, I I was mostly joking because we don't really, really know. But a lot of you did your Bible studies and came to the conclusion. We kind of saw that. Probably in the Bible it appears that only humans have eternal souls. All right, that's pretty pretty clear from Scripture. We have the eternal soul where you know, we, we we are made in God's image and we will live for eternity. And also the only animals mentioned in heaven. There's only one animal mentioned. That is a horse. Only horses. I know there's some horse uh, girls who ride horses in the church. Going to be real happy about that. But these are supernatural horses. They fly. You know they're going to be riding down on them. If you read the Book of Revelation there. But just so you're not too upset. Uh, even though that's the case, the Bible does teach in Revelation there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And somehow they're going to be connected. We're going to be interchangeably going to be able to go between the two. You read the book of Revelation. If you're here for that study, you remember that. And there will be animals on the new earth. All right? The lion will lie down with a lamb. So you're going to be able to have a pet shark, a pet aardvark. You know, you're going to be able to pet dog. You're going to be able to have whatever you want. There's going to be lots of animals on the new earth. We know that. And these animals will never die. Just when we lose our pets now, it's very sad. These animals will never die. They're going to live, 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 live because there won't be any more death. No more sin, no more death, no more sorrow, no more tears. So that's something to look forward to, isn't it? But the critical question is this. Not do dogs go to heaven. The, the most important question we have to ask ourselves is, are we going to heaven? That's a very important question from the Bible. Are we going to heaven? Will we be in heaven someday? Let me pray first. Father, we thank you for all the exciting things we heard today already. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the worship. We thank you for getting us in here through the, 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 all the crazy things going on here. We just thank you for bringing us together now. And just pray that your spirit would speak to us through your word and through the encouragement of your scripture. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, last week we looked at Matthew 7, verse 6. And Matthew 7, verse 6, you were going to say, how are we going to get two weeks out of this? You'll see in just a minute. It says, do not give what is sacred to dogs. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. And if you weren't here last week, make sure you get the CD because this is part two to that or uh, go on the podcast. We talked about pigs and pearls. In fact, Larry Wyatt drew a picture based on one of the stories I told about an an episode I had with a a pig that I had to catch. It's in the insert there. And our copy machine messed up, which we didn't realize until after we stuffed the bulletin. But so some of you don't have a very good picture there. I'll, I'll there's one out on the bulletin board. But Larry is an, uh, our artist. Where's Larry? Give a wave, Larry. Larry's an artist, and he drew a picture of my la- the episode of catching the wild, not a wild pig, the, the runaway pig, and bringing it back up. So if you missed last week, listen to the story. 
you'll get a chuckle out of it. But Larry did a good, good uh, picture there. Except you got the team wrong. I'm not a Giants fan. Don't want to offend anybody. I'm a Yankee fan, which is even worse. I know. It's even worse. So. All right. Uh, so anyway, thank you, Larry. That's great. And, uh, but the thing that jumped out at us from this verse, and really I'm going to do a little application. Today's really all application about what we taught last week. So once again, get the CD. But two things jumped out at us. One is that sharing spiritual truths and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ must be spirit-led. It has to be spirit-led. If we do it in the flesh, we can do more harm than good. Right? More harm than good. We have to wait for God's permission. We talked about that. The second thing we talked about is that we must wait until somebody's ready to receive the truth. We have to wait till they're ready to receive the truth. Mary said they wait till they stop oinking, right? Because we all were there. We were all outside. We were all in rebellion. We were outside of God's kingdom at one point. We have to wait, let God soften our heart and, and soften somebody and prepare the heart and start that sheepification process, right? And I was kidding you, that's a Greek word for when God transforms us, but it's not, I made that up. But, uh, you know, there's no Greek word for sheepification. But the sheepification is when he takes us from being a pig, from a dog, spiritually, and he transforms us into a sheep, somebody that will listen and follow the shepherd's voice, follow Jesus Christ. And God has to do that. He has to break us and, and, and prepare us and get us to that place. And I've asked... Uh, I know a lot of us have that story, but in Andrea, to come and share a part of their story with us, how God softens us. I like to say that I thank Chuck, and I'm honored to speak in front of you guys. I've been on and off at this church for seven years, and uh, I'd be really honored if Chuck didn't classify me with a spiritual pig, because that's how he called me. This, I, oh, he called me, and I, when he heard a spiritual pig, he thought of Andrea. But... Um, if it oinks, and I, and I did a lot of oinking. But brokenness, when I think of brokenness, I think of not walking with the Lord, not knowing the Lord. At a young age, I was raised Catholic, you know, in a Catholic Italian family, where the biggest spiritual thing we did was go to a church on Christmas and Easter, have the priest over, have a couple glasses of wine, really feeling guilty, always having to give and be the best. Through my high school years, my elementary years. I remember always being made fun of. The pressures for my young children today to fit into this world, to be the best. I became the best. I became the best in my high school with the best girlfriends. I became the best with my accolades and my work. I became the best in the world with my money and my business. I became the best when I married a gorgeous wife, when I had two beautiful children, a beautiful house, the facade was there. It was all there. I gained every worldly thing there was in this world. I remember my daughter being six years old, Annalisa, asking me, Dad, you believe in God? I said, yeah, I see him every day in the mirror. I didn't believe in God. Too much pain to trust anyone. In May of, in May of 2005, I woke up one day building my mansion, all the accolades of the world, all the money you can have. And I came home one day and there was nobody home. My two children and my wife were gone. And I, I would say that would be the beginning of my brokenness. Really wasn't broken, still trying to manipulate to get my wife back, to get my family back. But Shannon saw something. She had been attending this church for a year. 
She knew there was a greater thing out there. She knew that the Lord was real. And she knew that our children needed that. That if we would have stayed together, that it would just be destruction. It would have been empty. I remember staying in the most beautiful places in the world, just being depressed, couldn't even get out of bed, taking my wife to the most beautiful hotels, dinners, and waking up in the morning, just her and I, and saying, Shan, is, all, is this all there is? Is this all there is? Until that day I came home, and I just cried when I see that there was no one there. I lived in my little mansion by myself. I remember her for a year attending church, going to the bathroom with her flashlight and her Bible, because she knows if I saw the Bible, she'd be yelled at, because I didn't believe in it. Get it out of my house. All they want is our money. I remember these people, the Wilsons, sending Christmas cards to my house. I'd take them off the fridge and rip them up and throw it in the trash. These people ain't coming into our life. But when I found out that Shannon wasn't coming back, it was probably two weeks into the process. I said, you know, what's going on? She had all her stuff packed in the garage. I went down in the garage, and I started ripping through trash bags. What's this girl reading? What is she reading? I remember yelling at her, and she would just smile with peace. I'd be like, these people are making you nuts. I went into the trash bags, and I saw that she was, I, I pulled out a book. It was by Rick Warren, The Purpose Driven Life. In 32 years, I never read a book. I graduated high school, did a semester in college. I never read a book cover to cover. I read that 40-day book probably in three or four days. And I remember Kim Wilson calling the house and saying, where's Shannon? And I said, Shannon's not here anymore, and I just started to cry. About a week later, I remember talking to Chuck. It was about 9 o'clock at night. And I said, Chuck, Chuck said, Andrea, do you need me to come over? And I realized nobody's ever given me nothing. It's always me giving. So I said, yeah, Chuck, if you want to come over, come on over. I just got done building our house on River Road. I was in there by myself. Chuck came over, and I said, Chuck, I, uh, he, I opened the door, and there he was. And I said, Chuck, what's up? I said, Chuck, i got to tell you something. I talked bad about your family for the last year. I don't like you. I think you guys are all nuts. I said, but what am I doing wrong? And Chuck came in freely, not expecting anything, and just basically said, Andrea, you need Jesus Christ. May 5th of 2005, I accepted the Lord with Chuck in my home. It didn't get easier, but it got harder. But people like Ed Bennett used to come over and meet at the house. Liam, Keith, we started our own little Bible study. I had the support of these guys to make sure I didn't go out, to make sure I didn't stumble. The biggest breaking point was, I guess, in August 16th of 2005, when I went in front of a district court judge and he slammed his hammer and said, you guys are divorced. Me and my wife were legally divorced on August 16th. Something I didn't want, but I had no control over. But I surrendered it to the Lord, Noman, and having the hope that he can restore it, that God works all things for good for those who love him, and he knew I love him. And that Bennett and me used to say, the Lord... Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I believed if I delighted myself in the Lord and filled myself with God, he would give me the desire of my family back. August 16th, we were divorced. September 16th, I was at Jim Davis's house on our men's retreat. Instead of being at a bar, instead of being at a club, instead of being out with the guys for dinner, I was at a men's retreat at Jim Davis's house. 
And I remember Chuck telling Chuck, Chuck, I miss my wife. He says, why don't you call her? September 15th, that night I called Shannon and I said, I miss you. On September 16th, I remember my last meal with, was on that island. It was with Keith. I don't know if Keith remembers. We were eating a bagel at the cream cheese shop. And I said, I'm going to pick up Shannon. And I picked up Shannon and we went to a funeral that day and we got back. She came back home. We lived in separate rooms for six months. On January 28th of 2006, on her birthday, we were remarried as Christians by Kim and Chuck, and we invited the whole church who supported and prayed for us. I was broken, and I thank God, though it was so hard, I thank God that he took the scales off of my eyes and that I could see, and I want to thank the church for what they've done for us in these many years because Shannon and I have now been married for seven years as Christians. He has tripled the size of our family, has given me a whole new division of my business and it's been a blessing and it was because I was broken because I wouldn't listen to the Lord and I kept running like that spiritual pig until I got too tired and Chuck said follow me and I followed the Lord. Thank you. Wow. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Sheepification. Sheepification. There's a great song I just heard last night, and it was too late because uh, it was by Josh Wilson called Fall Apart. I don't know if you've ever heard that song, but if you haven't, go home and download it and listen to it. I'll try to remember to email it out to everybody, the, the lyrics, because it's uh, just powerful how, how when we fall apart, that's when we're closest to God. That's how he gets our attention and steers us the direction he wants to go and uh, it's, it's just really really good so what do we do we know that we have to wait till God breaks us we know we have to wait till God breaks other people what do we do in the meantime we pray you heard what Chuck said and I know what Shannon was doing for Andre and I know think of all of our lives the same thing we pray we just keep on praying praying and pray for everybody that God brings into our life and and pray for open doors. When we pray for open doors, God will give us the open doors. It's amazing. When we ask, he opens doors to, to, to uh, share. But we pray, we wait, and we watch. And we wait until God softens somebody's heart and opens that door. And that's when we share the great news of Jesus Christ. We share the love of Jesus Christ. We share what we can have in Christ at that time. But we also have to be prepared. It's one thing to, to have the relationships and to... Uh, to pray, but we also have to prepare because we have to be ready when the sheepification process is complete. When God prepares somebody's heart, we have to be ready to share with people. And I've asked the Bixels just to, uh, they do a lot of training with people on preparing them. And if you guys could just come up and share a few things that you can help people prepare. We have Chuck Harrison for on the job training and also the Bixels would, would love to, well, I'll let them tell you what they like. Well, in case, uh, <clears throat> pardon my voice, but I'm kind of losing it today, and uh, Mary Elton may have to take over. <clears throat> but uh, my name is John Bixell, if you don't know me, and this is my wonderful wife of 49 years and nine months. <laughs> Did you get that? Nine months? We have three months to go. To, 
our 50th anniversary, so hopefully we'll get there, God's willing. So, uh, <clears throat> prayer plus, I, I think Mary is going to have to take over. <laughs> I, maybe I, I sang too loud at the praise, I don't know. It's all Mike's fault, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, as Chuck said, you, you need to pray, and you need to prepare, and that's kind of what we've been trying to do. We have a um, a way to let you know the gospel in a very easy and simple way that you could share with other people. And if you do pray and if you do prepare, then you have the power to present the gospel. And, and the power is in the gospel, not in your words. You know, you hear people say, well, I can't, I can't. Um, witness because what if they ask me questions I can't answer you know something the power is not in the answer to the question the power is in the gospel so if you can get them somehow to circumvent that question and say well once you once you know the gospel your questions will be answered let me tell you the gospel I heard somebody say one time and being from Missouri this really struck me the world says show me and I'll believe God says, believe, and I'll show you. And that's kind of where it is. It's like, okay, so let's, let's share this gospel. And it's, it's um, you, you wonder, well, how do I get into it sometimes? This is part of the training. How do I open, how do I bring the conversation around to that? Well, if you've known a person for a while, you kind of know what's bothering them. You kind of know what their problem is. And you can relate to that. You can say, well, you know, I, I felt that way too. But then I've, I've discovered something that changed my whole life. Can I tell you about it? And the key to all this is really asking them. You say, how do I know if somebody's open? Well, it's very easy. You ask them. You say, do you mind if I share with you? Do you mind if I tell you about this? And then you bring it around to where you want it to be. So you always ask permission. And if they give you that permission, then you know that you can go ahead and tell them that they will listen. And remember, the result is not up to you. The result is up to God. Your part is to present it. What happens after that, you may not even know. If, you, if, you, if they're not ready to receive at that time, then you don't know what the result will be. Sometimes you can lead them right then. You can pray with them. And they will receive the Lord. And then you need to try to get them to be discipled and to come to church and all those things. But first you have to find the person or let, let him find you, really. And you just, as Chuck said, if you pray and you pray specifically for him to show you someone, he will because that's his heart. That's what he's called us to do. And you want to remember, too, you say, well, I can't, I can't share the gospel. I just, I just can't do it. Well, just remember, God never asks you to do anything he hasn't prepared you for. His commands are all things you can do. Because why? You've got the Holy Spirit in you. He gave you that. So it's not an impossible task. It's not something that you can't do. You definitely can do it. Um, so you, you, just, you just need to keep talking to people and trying to get that relationship and get that you know, you don't want to wait, try not to wait too long. I know friendship, you know, is, is great, but they may not have tomorrow. They may not have next year. So if you can get it to them, 
you know, try to present the gospel to them. You know, you know what the gospel is. Grace, heaven is free. Man is a sinner. God is merciful and just, but he must punish our sin. Jesus died on the cross and, and rose again. And we receive that by faith. That's, that's the gospel message. So you want to give them that. And remember, too, that, that one of the main things is that it is free. It's not something that you work for. And, and John has this really great thing he did. If we can just take a couple minutes here. Um, he has a thing with an airplane he'd like to show you. And we'll explain it. Okay, you, know, you all know paper airplanes, right? You've all probably flown them in your lifetime. Well, John made this paper airplane. And he says, okay, I worked and worked and worked. It's my works here, represented here. I worked and I made this plane, okay? Do you think this would get me to heaven? think this would fly to heaven? I'm in my second childhood, I think. <laughs> so, so he says, okay. so everybody says, well, no, I don't think so. You know, okay. So then he says, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to fix it then so that it will. So I'm going to do some more. I'm going to work some more. I'm going to really make this so that it's going to really work and it's going to get me to heaven because I'm working on it and it's something I can do and I do really well. So it works and works, and he improves it and tries to make it so it'll go even farther so that it can get him to heaven. And so, here's what he comes up with. Now he has a rocket ship. You think that'll get him to heaven? Okay. You don't think that'll still do it? Okay, so he said, well, I guess I better work some more. And so he works and works, and then he, he discovers something in that rocket ship. And he says, here, you think this will get me to heaven? And there's the cross. So, um, so just remember, you can do it. You can do it because God has equipped you to do it. So don't be afraid of that. Thank you. <laughs> so we have some tremendous resources for preparing because we're praying, we're praying for people, we're preparing, but the Vixels, Chuck Harrison, uh, others that could prepare us for like hooks, ways to hook, you know, send out little probes to, to see if there's spiritual interest, um, answering hard questions. People do have legitimate hard questions and when they have those tough questions there's a, there's a lot of training between the two couples and all other people on how we can uh, answer those tough questions and uh, they, they could meet with your home fellowship they could meet with a Sunday school class they could meet with you just invite them over for dinner and they'll train you on the, the five finger thing she did it was from evangelism explosion it's a wonderful resource all kinds of, of wonderful um, ways to, to share the, the love of Jesus Christ. That's what it's really about. We're not trying to sell something. We're trying to give something away. Real life is what Jesus talked about, that real life that he wants us to have. We're, we're trying to give that to people. And uh, also in the insert with a picture that Larry had drawn underneath, there's a website from Billy Graham. Billy Graham has a special outreach going on. It's probably his last one ever that he's going to do, but he's encouraging people on how to uh, share the gospel. You can go on their website and see the different s steps on, on sharing the gospel. Also, the Bixel sent me a video that's just really clear, and this is something the website's on your picture there at the bottom, and also with, that, with this website... I will email it to you so you have it. But this is just a great 
I just fell in love with this little gospel message. You can watch it now. We're just going to show it for a few minutes here. You can watch it and then share it with people as they are open. Email it to them. But why don't we uh, roll this one? Your story. Your story. Where did I come from? God created the world, and that includes you. At first, everything was good, exactly as God made it. But now we all make wrong choices and commit wrong actions. We live in God's world, but go our own way. We fail to live up to God's standards, and so we're guilty. The Bible calls this sin. Our sin separates us from God. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light. John 3.19 We all want to feel good about ourselves, but we only experience true meaning when we connect with our Creator. People try to find their way to God in many ways, but these efforts all fail. Our sins are a barrier between God and us. Why am I here? God loves you very much and wants you to love Him in return. You're here because of His love and desire to have a personal relationship with you. What you can't do through your own efforts, God the Son, Jesus, did by coming to earth to die on the cross for you. He took the punishment for your sin, and so Jesus became the way between God the Father and you. The Wrong Way to God All of our own efforts to restore ourselves to God are empty and worthless. Things like religion, morality, self-improvement, philosophy, and good deeds, all these things are like rotten rungs on a ladder. They all fail because God is holy and perfect and we are not, no matter what we might try. The only way to God. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14:6. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3:16. Jesus shed blood was the only way God provided to restore us to himself, to bridge the gap, and it's the only way that God will accept. And God proved that he accepted Jesus' death as the way to life by raising Jesus from the dead. So Jesus Christ is the only way for us to reach the Father. Where am I going? Jesus invites us, but he warns us too. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. John 3.36 If you don't find your way to God through Jesus, you will never know God personally, and your life will have no lasting value. When you die, you'll be separated from God forever. The Bible calls this hell. But if you accept Jesus as your Savior, you will have a personal relationship with God and live with Him forever. The Bible calls this heaven. Which way are you going? That depends on your relationship with Jesus Christ. Choose God's way through Jesus and you'll have a personal relationship with Him right now. And you'll enjoy eternal life with Him forever in heaven. If you choose any other way, you'll never know peace with God while you live here on earth. 
You'll never have a relationship with God and never experience eternal life with God when you die. Jesus said in John 5.24, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. How do I find my way to God? Admit that you're a sinner and turn away from sin like it says in John 8.11. Then you must believe and have faith that when Jesus died on the cross, like it says in John 1.29, he took the punishment for all your sin and he rose to life again to conquer death. Ask and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It says in John 1.12, To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Here's a prayer you can use to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. It's a suggested prayer, and the exact wording doesn't matter. What counts is the attitude of your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive all my failures and the sins of my past. Make me clean and help me start fresh with you. I now receive you into my life as my Lord and Savior. Help me to love and serve you with all my heart. Amen. Jesus said in John 6:37, Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Your destination, a new beginning. Being a Christian involves a whole new life. You can start that new life right now. Read a part of the Bible every day. Pray daily and talk to God just as you would to a close friend. Join a local church where the Bible is taught. Carry a portion of God's Word with you and share your faith in Christ with others. May your life be truly changed from this day forward. And may we be the first to warmly welcome you into the family of Christ. If you want to learn more, there are many free resources at our website, www.ptl.org. You can find a study on the Gospel of John, or take the 21-day challenge to help you grow in knowledge and relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you're listening to this on podcast out there in cyberspace, uh, just go on that website, and or if you want, it's on that insert in the bulletin if you're here live with us, that's... Uh, Right in the bulletin, that website. Isn't that, isn't that a great gospel, a really clear gospel message? I just love that. So use it, share it, use it for yourself. What, as we get ready to, to close in prayer here, are we ready to share our story? Do we have the power by praying and preparing, praying for people and preparing, do we have that power to share this story? Philemon 1.6 says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ Jesus. Do you get that? I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ Jesus. It's when we share our faith that the Holy Spirit does something powerful in and through us, something special. What's your story? Not only do we have to share the story, but is this your story? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ and received his life forever and that real life right now? Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, how is God speaking to us this morning? Maybe he's breaking us. We heard several stories of how he breaks us and, and prepares us 
for the gospel or to follow him where he wants us to go. Sheepification is not just a one-time event, it's a lifetime event, isn't it? How is God working in our heart and our life to prepare us? Will we surrender to him and say, God, do what you need to do in me so that I can really follow you and really produce the fruit you want to produce through my life? Maybe our prayer is for someone that God has laid on our heart to share the love of Christ with and to keep on reaching out and loving that person and waiting and praying and watching and and asking God to open the door so that we could help them find the ultimate life that God wants them to have for their life. Maybe God is speaking to you about your story. Maybe you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You've been on this spiritual journey, and today you really understand it, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And today's the day that you give your life to Jesus Christ. Right where you're sitting, it doesn't take a religious ritual, it doesn't take a religious person to help you. It's a prayer between you and God. Just something like, God, I, I ask you to forgive my sin, everything in my life that separates me from you. I repent of that. I turn away from that and follow you. I put my faith in your son, Jesus, who died for me and came alive for me. I put my faith in him. I'm going to follow you. I give my life to you. Use me any way you want to. I'm giving you my life, Lord. If you've prayed that prayer, something amazing has happened inside of you. A transformation has taken place. I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Tell me on the way out. Tell at the car. Email me, text me. Let somebody know so we can be excited for you and help you in your new faith. Father, I pray for each one of us as we go out these doors and back into the battle, back into the worries, back into the struggles. We pray that your Holy Spirit would keep on transforming us. Pray that your Holy Spirit would complete what you're starting. We just thank you for the testimonies from today, knowing how you work in an amazing way through difficult, difficult, hard times, how you keep working, bringing everything together for good, working all things together for good. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.